Welcome back. We are in Genesis chapter 18, verse 9. Let's go. Then they said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? So he said, Here, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. All right. So Jesus, pre-incarnate, and two angels roll up on Abraham. And they start having this conversation. Abraham washes their feet. Feeds them an incredible meal, uh, eats beneath the tree, which has incredible symbolism. And now we're about to find out uh, that Sarah is about to find out that she is going to be pregnant. So they, they, it says, they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? Of course, Jesus knows where he is because he knows everything, right? He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent, which means he's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all... He's everywhere at the same time, past, present, future, uh, all locations at the same time. Nothing's hidden from him. But in typical fashion, as we're learning through Genesis, God will ask questions just to see what we're thinking. Even though he knows what we're thinking, he's just letting us process things. Uh, that's because it's how we learn uh, and think about things. And so it says, so he said, that's Abraham, here in the tent, in verse 10. And he said, this is God, uh, Jesus saying this, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And then it says, Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abram, Abraham, sorry, I keep saying that, and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah has passed the age of childbearing. Wouldn't you say, right? Really old, especially according to today's timetable. Super old. No one's getting pregnant at her age. She didn't even think she could get pregnant at her, at her age. Apparently, Abraham, Abraham must have been in pretty good shape from uh, doing everything that he did because he actually ran out at the age of 99 to greet Jesus and the two angels. And Sarah's sitting here saying, mm -mm, I, I can't get pregnant. And what's interesting to me is God had already previously told Abraham that he was going to have a child, another child, right? Not Ishmael because he had Ishmael with Hagar, uh, or Ishmael was the offspring of he and Hagar's relationship, and Hagar was the maidservant of Abraham, not his wife. His wife suggests that. She's like, why don't you go over there and, you know, have a baby with her? And she came to regret that decision, but it was too late. The cat was already out of the bag, right? And he loved Ishmael, and God came to him and said, you're going to have another child, and I'm going to bless your descendants. And this child is going to come from Sarah. But interestingly, I think that Abraham had never told Sarah about this before. I don't know why. I don't know what their communication was like in their marriage. But it seems pretty important that if God came to me and said, Hey, your wife, you know, almost 90 years old, is going to have a baby. And I believed him. Then I would go and tell my wife. and be like, honey, you're not going to believe this, but... You know, God and I just talked, and he said, you're going to be pregnant. Uh, but it's really interesting that it really appears to me that this is the first time she's hearing of this. So I think that's quite interesting to note. So it says, Sarah was listening in the tent door, which is behind him, so she was eavesdropping. And you can imagine, I mean, these were tents. These weren't like houses that you have today with all these, you know, thick walls and paint and wood and beams and all sorts of stuff. This was just a tent, right? Like a canvas or a cloth, whatever. And it says, verse 11, Now Abraham, Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age. Yes, we've established that. 
And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Yes, we know that. And that's what makes it so cool, right? This isn't natural. This isn't something where you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm 35 years old and I got pregnant. That makes sense. I'm 40 years old. I got pregnant. That makes sense. I'm 50 years old. I, I got pregnant. Okay, it's still possible. It's you know doesn't happen that often. I don't know the statistics on it. But you start getting into 80, 90 years old, and you're pregnant? Uh, no. So that can only happen if what? If God's in control. Because the body has passed that childbearing age at that point, And so we know it's going to be uh, a God thing that happens. Verse 12. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being uh, old also? So she's saying, Abraham's old. She's old. She's going to have relations with him, her husband, and get pregnant. And it says she laughed within herself. In verse 13, And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? God told Abraham that he would have a son, and here over uh, Sarah overhears it. Now, this is the second time that Abraham, Abraham is hearing that he's going to have a son. We talked about previously God had told him this. Now he's telling him again. And Sarah's response was a laughter of unbelief. This is different from Abraham's laughter, which was a joyful and excited laughter. Remember when we talked about earlier, uh, the Lord had said, you're going to have a son through Sarah. His name's going to be Isaac. And Abraham, the way I kind of say it is if someone came to you and, and said like, hey, you know, I just started at Amazon, you know, a month ago, but they've just named me CEO. And you'd be like, that's amazing. Wow. And it's that, wow, I'm, I'm celebrating with you. I'm excited for you. Wow, this is awesome. That kind of a laugh. Whereas uh, this one is kind of like, uh, what, whatever. Right? Someone comes to you and says, uh, maybe the same thing, right? I just got promoted to CEO. And you're like, <laughs> whatever, dude, you're crazy. You've been smoking some stuff or something. I don't know. Uh, that kind of laughter, right? That, that laughter of disbelief, almost making fun of the person and chuckling as you do it. And it appears that she deemed this to be impossible, right? And I think that's the attitude that most people at her age would have in that situation. But what's most striking to me is that this appears to be the first time that she heard about bearing a child herself. Right? I'm totally shocked that Abraham had not told her before when God first told Abraham in a prior conversation. So here she's like, all right, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't believe you. But that also goes to show the power of God because she does get pregnant. And she, at that point, I'm sure her relationship with God just strengthens and her trust in God strengthens, it grows, right? Because it's through these tests and these trials that God puts us through in life where we're like, God... I know you can't do this, but please help me with this, right? We may say that in a uh, disbelief kind of way, like, you know, there's no way out of this situation. Or we may say it like, hey, there's no humanly way possible out of this situation, but I know that you can do it. And if you care to help me <laughs> with this or do this for me, you're going to get all the glory. And I'll know it's only because of you and it's nothing that I did, right? And that's so often where I think God puts us in our life is beyond ourselves, Right where he literally carries us, and we look back, and there's only one set of footprints on the beach instead of two because he was carrying us. It's not something we did 
on our own. It's just something too, too powerful. And so that's what's going on here. And it's a reminder to us in life to know that nothing is impossible with God, right? He tells us that in the Bible, in his message, his love letter to us. Nothing's impossible for him. That doesn't say, that doesn't mean that he is going to do X, Y, or Z for you. It just means that he can, but he may choose not to. But he also may choose to. So have that faith, have that trust that he can, but also just pray that he gives you the patience, the peace, the endurance to tough out whatever situation you've got, um, even if it persists for the rest of your life. My wife suffers from horrible migraines, and I pray that he would take them away, and I know that he can. I'm not sure that he will, and until he does, and maybe that's not until she passes away and goes to heaven, I pray that he gives her peace and endurance and and strength and takes reduces the pain and hopefully takes it away and and um, that we would serve her as a family and, and friends around her that we would help. So just kind of as an example there. And uh, verse 14 says, and this is God speaking to Abraham, says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. End quote. Verse 15, But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, No, but you did laugh. So that dialogue there, God speaking to Abraham, and he's basically saying, is anything too hard for me? No, absolutely not. I can do anything. I am God is essentially what he is saying. And then in 15, we have Sarah denying it uh, to God saying, I, I didn't laugh. Right. And in a couple of verses earlier, we see that. Um, where was it? I can't. Uh, find it in my notes right here but anyways it says she didn't laugh out loud she laughed to herself and god knows this right because he knows her internal uh thinking and her mind and everything and he knows what you're thinking and he knows what i'm thinking sadly i wish he didn't uh but he does and he knows every bad thought that goes across my mind he also knows every good thought that goes across my mind even though i may not express either of those thoughts the bad ones or the good ones and he knows this. He knows what Sarah's thinking, and he knows that she laughed internally in a laugh of disbelief. And she was afraid. She was probably embarrassed that they had heard her laugh, um, you know, if she also laughed aloud. We're told that she laughed in, uh, to herself, but she may have also laughed aloud. Don't know. But too often people do something, but they don't want others to know, so they deny it or lie about it or sweep it under the rug or whatever. But maybe as Christians... We should be people who own up to things, who live lives privately that are similar to live, how we live them publicly. That's one of the reasons why God tells us to show people who Jesus is and to be above reproach. If you've heard that right, you want to be above reproach. That's so that people don't look at us and say, look at that hypocrite. No, right? We want to do things that glorify God. And the more we do things that don't glorify God, the more hypocritical we look, especially if we don't apologize to people. Um, so it gives us an opportunity if we live well to be able to teach well and lead others. And it's not saying we're perfect. We're not God and we never will be. We're, we're sinners saved by the grace of God and by the blood of God, Jesus that he shed on the cross. But it's not by our righteousness. It's by his. It's not because we're sinless. It's because he took our sin upon him, was punished for that sin. And now that covered it and it's paid in full. Our debt is paid in full. It is finished to Talistai. And so it says that she was afraid. Um, and God said, and so it says, and he said, and this is God speaking, no, 
but you did laugh. And it's just a reminder that no matter what we think, God knows. No matter what lie we try to cover it up with, God knows, right? You can't fool God. You can't trick God. You can't hide things from God. Adam and Eve tried to hide things from him in the garden. Uh, Sarah right here is trying to hide things. People all throughout the Bible are trying to hide things and do things like, ah, God's not going to know. He knows. He knows everything. And you know what? If you're a believer in Christ, that's okay. Because his blood covers all of your sins. Not just the ones you did before you came to Christ and declared him to be your Lord and Savior, but also afterwards. It covers them. Past, present, and future as far as the east is from the west. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for making the impossible possible with you. We know that many of the people listening to this have a situation that they just want to be healed and cured and changed and fixed. I know that we have several of those going on in our life. And I pray that you would fix those if it's according to your will. And if you do, Lord, that you would get the glory flat out and that we would just scream it from the mountaintops. And that if you choose not to fix that situation, Lord, that you would give us the perseverance, the peace, and still the trust for you, knowing that you have something in store for us. You have purpose for that trial, that there's purpose in the process. Help us not to look at obstacles and get defeated or sad or depressed, Lord, but to look at them as opportunities and how you want to use us to work through through people or work through us to help people around us because of the trials that we're going through, Lord. Help us with that today with that mindset, putting you first, Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Daily Verse by Verse. We want you to be prepared in season and out of season to study the whole counsel of God so that you can share with people who Jesus is through your actions so that you have the right to tell them who Jesus is so that they can come to know Jesus or come to know Jesus better. We strongly encourage you to share this message, this podcast on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, message, email someone who you think could benefit from it. It's an easy way for you to go out and witness to the world just by sharing this podcast. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.